This week's edition of the Detroit Bureau's Headlight News is brought to you by Toyota. At Toyota, we believe the goal of reducing carbon emissions is a top priority for everyone. As the leader in electrified vehicles, we're bringing an all-electric way of thinking to help propel us toward a more sustainable future. And it's our commitment to push things further to the fastest path in achieving carbon neutrality. Visit toyota.com slash electrified for more information. This is the DetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein. Welcome. It's been a busy week in the automotive world, and here are some of the big stories we've been covering on TheDetroitBureau.com. New car prices have hit record highs. Making matters worse, a new study by Consumer Reports finds many Americans are overpaying for their loans. And it's not just those with bad credit. In some instances, those with top credit scores have been hit with annual interest rates of up to 25%. The study finds some dealers failing to reveal all the loan options consumers have. But experts say buyers should check what deals are available from their banks and other lenders, and that could save them thousands of dollars in interest. The semiconductor shortage hit third-quarter earnings hard. Daimler net income was down 16%, while VW, Stellantis, and other manufacturers also reported big declines. Ford and GM also were down, but not nearly as bad as Wall Street had forecast. And Tesla broke the mold. Despite the chip shortages, it reported record earnings. Joe Sesney will have more in this week's top story. Hertz will create the biggest EV rental fleet in America. It agreed to buy 100,000 Teslas and spread them across the U.S. and Europe. Mark Fields, the rental company's new CEO, says it's about time as electric vehicles are quickly going mainstream. As part of a separate deal with Uber, Hertz says drivers at the ride-sharing service will be able to rent those Teslas at a special weekly rate. Hertz emerged from bankruptcy back in June and is planning to stage an IPO to raise $2 billion. Halloween normally brings some treats as well as tricks. In the case of the auto industry, the treats include a variety of tricked-out concept vehicles set to debut at the 2021 SEMA show, and we'll have more on the DetroitBureau.com. Meanwhile, the week brought out an assortment of new production models. At the upper extremes, Rolls-Royce pulled the wraps off the new Ghost Black Badge Edition, while Mercedes-Benz broke the mold with an all-new 2 Plus 2 version of the iconic SL sports car. Kia unveiled the new Sportage, while Mitsubishi confirmed it'll bring out a plug-in hybrid version of the new Outlander SUV. And then there's Chevrolet, which finally debuted the long-awaited Corvette Z06. It pumps things up to 670 horsepower using a downsized V8 with a flat-plane crank. It's the most powerful, naturally-aspirated V8 on the planet and can hit 60 in a mere 2.6 seconds. And finally, it seems, Americans not only have a habit of naming their cars, but also naming their children after their cars. A new study looked at kids born between 2000 and 2019 and found nearly one million were given automotive names like Lincoln, Bentley, and Lexus, as well as somewhat more obscure automotive names like Hudson and Holden. And now it seems a new name is gaining popularity fast. Take a guess. Yep. Tesla. We're not sure, however, if that works better for a boy or a girl. And those are the stories making headlines on thedetroitbureau.com. Now for the week's top story, here's Joe Sesney. Thank you, Paul. If the earnings reports for the third quarter are clear about only one thing, it's that the semiconductor shortage continues to eat away at the auto industry, and not only in the U.S., but globally. Ford, GM, and Stellantis all reported that during the third quarter, Production dropped due to the ongoing chip shortage created by a shutdown of plants throughout Southeast Asia this summer. GM's revenue fell 24.5%, Stellantis suffered a 14% drop, 
and Ford's declined 5% while it sold 16.1% fewer vehicles in the critical North American market. Unfortunately, the end doesn't appear to be coming soon, as Stellantis, Ford, and Daimler all say the uncertainty created by the shortage of semiconductors could last for another year or even longer. Ford, for example, expects a modest 10% increase in production in 2022, which leaves its plants underutilized, inventories tight, and limits the need for consumer incentives. GM is more optimistic, officials saying they believe the worst of the chip shortage is in the rearview mirror, but the company's market share has been dented. Analysts know car makers represent less than 10% of the chip makers' business and will have to wait in line with customers from rival industries looking to bolster their supply of semiconductors. That's this week's top story. Now let's go to Larry Prince, who has this week's review. Thanks, Joe. You may have noticed that consumers are choosing the practical over the sexy. It's why it's suddenly fashionable for women in New York City to wear clunky Doc Martens rather than sleek, sophisticated pumps. Similarly, coupes are fading from favor as buyers pig out on SUVs and pickups. Whether this is a desirable turn of events is open to discussion. But freedom of choice is the promise of a free market. And thankfully, there remains a segment of the buying public who thankfully prefer two doors, not four. For them, Audi makes the RS5 Coupe, the trackworthy sibling of the A5. We drove a 2021 model, but it remains unchanged for 2022. While this coupe radiates a suitable menace to counteract its otherwise benignly upscale suburban bearing, it's powered by a burly 24-valve double-overhead cam twin-turbocharged 2.9-liter V6, an 8-speed automatic transmission, and quattro all-wheel drive. But you'll probably want to add the $5,400 Dynamic Plus package, which increases the RS5's top speed to 174 miles per hour and adds ceramic front brakes. What results is a 0 to 60 mile per hour run in a brisk 3.7 seconds, while striking a balance that's particularly difficult to achieve. It goes like stink, provides an inordinate amount of grip while quelling any body motion that arises. Yet it's also impressively comfortable without the vertebrae-shattering ride you might expect. It does feel a bit more neutral when pushed than its competitors from BMW and Mercedes-Benz, but it proves to be far more livable on a daily basis, making this polished performer just another desirable driving device from the folks in Ingolstadt. That's this week's review, and now Mike Strong will take a look at what's coming in the week ahead. Mike? Thanks, Larry. This week, we keep the spirit of Halloween alive for the first few days of November with the SEMA show in Las Vegas. A cabal of automakers make the trek to Vegas every year, costuming their vehicles with the best of their aftermarket accessories. Some of these change the vehicle's appearance, while others, their performance. Either way, these tricked-out vehicles are a real treat. The Detroit Bureau has already written about several show cars coming from various automakers, but this week, we'll keep it going with stories about offerings from Ford, Nissan, and others. If news breaks out of the event, which runs November 2nd through the 4th, we'll make sure to have it. SEMA's not the only big event this month. The LA Auto Show is on the horizon, kicking off for the media November 17th. Automakers have been releasing a steady stream of information about what's in store for the show, and it's likely we'll see a few more advancers about new vehicles or companies. Expect the show to be the last big automotive event until CES 2022 in January, during which GM Chairman and CEO Mary Barra will give the keynote address. In more practical news, we'll be reviewing several vehicles this week, including the Hyundai Tucson and Santa Cruz, as well as the Lexus LC500. 
We'll also be on the road this week, checking out Volkswagen's lineup for the 2022 model year, as well as an up-close look at the new Kia Sportage. That's just some of what we'll be covering in the week ahead. Now let's go back to Larry to step back in time for this week in automotive history. Larry? Thanks, Mike. Time to take a road trip back into the self-propelled past with This Week in Automotive History. This week in 1909, the GM Board of Directors gives company founder Billy Durant the go-ahead to purchase Ford Motor Company. Ford's price? $8 million, consisting of $2 million cash, $2 million worth of GM stock, and the remainder paid over three years at 5% interest. But Durant's recent acquisition spree leaves GM short on cash. Banks refuse to loan Durant money, and the deal ultimately fails. This week in 1954, the last Drew Hudson is built following the company's merger with Nash to form American Motors. Hudson, founded in 1909 by department store magnate Joseph L. Hudson, dominates NASCAR in its early years with the Hudson Hornet. The Hudson name would survive for another three years on rebadged Nash's, while the Hornet name is revived by AMC in 1970 on their replacement for the Rambler. Fifty-five years ago saw the beginning of a dynasty when the first Toyota Corolla debuts at the Tokyo Motor Show in 1966. The two-door Corolla is powered by a 60-horsepower 1.1-liter four-cylinder engine and three-speed manual gearbox. A four-door Corolla arrives the following year, and Toyota goes on to sell more than one million units through 1970. Finally, in 1981, in a move proving the cluelessness of GM executives, Pontiac introduces the T-1000, a badge-engineered version of the Chevrolet Chevette. Cramped, noisy, and underpowered, it is already outdated and would last through 1987 as a cheap, reliable economy car that did much to damage Pontiac's once-vaunted and quickly diminishing performance image. And that's the road we've traveled this week in automotive history. For TheDetroitBureau.com, I'm Larry Prince. Thanks, Larry. And that's it for now. You've been listening to TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein.